1: My pocket's empty, my cupboard's bare, but call me illogical I just don't care.
0: KSL Greenhouse Expert Tips for Flowers, Trees, Gardens and Soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio.
2: Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. You can give us a call with your questions at 801-575-8255. Our phone lines are open. You can text us your questions at five seven five zero zero. Tom, we want to start this hour and talk about easy to care for house plants, a subject which you mentioned earlier. We, we've talked about this before, but Michelle, our crack producer, has, uh, has found a list of these that are that are unusual that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah.
3: Yes, I we, the one she sent the other day, there were a few on there that I really liked. One of them that we've never talked about was um Monstera and I can't again I can't remember the common name on it. Do you have the list up? I my hyperlinks not
2: mm-hmm. here. I will find it. Give okay. me a moment.
3: But the one on there, the Monstera deliciosa is related to Philodendrons and it is one that can get big, really big, actually, but it's one that's also really easy to grow. And if you need something with some size, it is one that will, if you give it a big enough pot, can get easily four or five feet high.
2: And this is the one that has the funny leaves that look it is. like they they're, have how do you describe them? Swiss those? cheese. Swiss cheese leaves.
3: And so they, if you're familiar with philodendron, they look really similar but the leaves are bigger, and then they have some slits and holes, and they just naturally grow like
2: that. Yeah, they actually call it a Swiss cheese plant here. Yes. Using so, the formal name and then calling it a Swiss cheese plant. Yeah,
3: and so I in garden centers, I think it's a lot of times called monstera, but it is in its native habitat. When it's grown outside, it produces an edible fruit that actually I think is quite tasty.
2: Oh, really? I've
3: seen them in Hawaii, mm-hmm. South Florida, um, I know they grow in Mexico, and the Deliciosa, part of the Latin name, indicates a fruit that's edible. Right. So that was one that I really liked on that list that is out of the ordinary of what people would usually grow.
2: Mm-hmm. So what does it need as far as light?
3: Uh, so it needs full, um, like when I say full sunlight, off to the side of a south or a west window makes it happy, but it will grow With moderate light, say from an east window, it's actually um, tolerant of moderately bright light. It needs room also because when you plant it in a small pot, it looks all nice and dainty and pretty, but it will grow. And so you will need to keep it cut back or have room for it where you have it.
2: And these leaves are really big. So I noticed they recommend that you have a dusting glove. I've never bought a dusting glove. Dusting glove? I can't just. Yeah, use my it's. Dust I, if
3: you were to go, I know when I was going to Weber State, um, the botany department had one of these in a classroom,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and they had allowed it to grow, and it had leaves. In the classroom, they had shelves. It was a chemistry room, or style, and so they had shelves surrounding the classroom, and there was two or three feet going from the ceiling down to the shelves, and they had wound this philodendron almost completely around the classroom. Wow.
2: Okay, uh next one that I haven't seen before, the ZZ plant.
3: This is another one that I think they've named ZZ plant. ZZ. Okay. The Latin name is Ziziphus. Okay. It's just really I can
2: see why they picked yes. ZZ. And so this
3: life. is another one that's less common. You'll sometimes see it in those living flower displays, displays you send out for like weddings or funerals. Mm-hmm. It looks but,
2: a little bit like a fern, but with wider leaves.
3: Yeah, it's, excuse me, it is one that is, almost looks like a mix between a fern and a palm tree. Uh-huh. And it's another one that with a really interesting leaf texture that isn't as common, but it is available. I've seen it in two nurseries in the last month, mm-hmm. and it's one that's worth trying out if you want something just different.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, a ponytail palm. Is another one that is on this list. Yes.
3: Now, Ponytail Palm is another one I have experience with from my days back at Weber State and other areas. But it gets a bulb or a base that grows out and it's drought hardy in its native habitat and stores water in there. But it's related to Dracaena. And so the foliage looks very similar to, if, you, if you're if you familiar with Dracaena, it kind of weeps down a little bit. And so it looks like a mix between a palm tree and a Dracaena plant. This is another one that's not as common, that is quite easy to
2: grow. And on this list, uh, the one with the most interesting leaves is the prayer plant.
3: Prayer plant is one that I really like. And it's closer to what we would consider a traditional house plant. It, the leaf colors vary a little bit. Mm-hmm. It usually has some purple in it, but it um, is one that it's not as common as pothos and spider plant, but the prayer plant is another one that's very available. It drapes over the side of the pot and it is really beautiful.
2: This one needs a little bit more humidity though.
3: It does. And so you you want to put a, a, a gravel tray underneath it. So when you would purchase just an inexpensive water tray. So we've recommended putting your flower pots on top of, you know, inside of something that collects water if it's sitting so it doesn't damage. And so what you would do in that tray is just fill about a half inch of gravel and just leave water in the gravel. Mm -hmm. And that will provide humidity around the plant and help it.
2: Native to the rainforest of Brazil. So you can see why it needs some of that uh, humidity. Why do they call it a prayer plant?
3: The leaf form. uh, It kind of reminded somebody that it was in the form of praying. The leaves will roll out. They come out all rolled up and then they fold out. And somebody thought that it was, uh, reminded them of praying.
2: Okay. This list is up on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page, uh, complete with some beautiful pictures of these wonderful plants. Anything else interesting that stood out to you?
3: Well, I just all of these, like I said, I liked this list because it was completely different than any other company's list I've seen of easy to grow stuff. It's usually Hartley, philodendron, pothos, spider plant, snake plants, and these Which we've talked about yeah, all of those. Are very easy and we've never talked about any of them.
2: Yeah. It it also mentions Aloa as being easy, which is really true. I've noticed that um even when I've kind of put way too much water in aloe it'll still, if I just <laughs> yeah. quickly empty it, it, it still does People
0: up.
3: grow those, you know, especially aloe vera. There's several species, but they will grow aloe vera because this sap can help sue sunburns and just burns in general. But a lot of health food aficionados will mix it into smoothies and things also.
2: I just think they're cool to look at. Yeah. Because they're much different than the other plants.
3: Yeah, they're very neat. And it's just like I said, plants we've never really talked about. And it's just a really good list of alternatives that a lot of them, the aloe doesn't, the prayer plant doesn't get a little bit bigger than standard house plants over time. Mm-hmm. You can buy smaller ponytail palms and over 10 or 15 years they will get bigger, but it's just an interesting kind of eclectic mix.
2: I also with these aloe they kind of make little babies off to the side. Yes. Can you just – how do you cut those off and just – The little
3: pups, you just scoop the soil out and put them in a new pot. You might want to cover the pot, you know, say a two- or three-inch pot, with a plastic sandwich bag like a Ziploc Mm -hmm. and put a few holes in the Ziploc. You might need to put a pencil in there to support it a little bit upright and just let it sit for four or six weeks and it will root out into the new soil.
2: Oh, okay. I like that. So you actually put it in the pot and then put the – the bag over, over the top.
3: It. And you can use a rubber band or tape to hold the bag onto the pot. And you just put the pencil inside, eraser side up, to hold the bag up so it doesn't collapse. And then use the pencil to poke several small holes in the bag for some ventilation.
2: All right. I need to do that. I have a couple little pups that I'd yeah. like to put in different pots. All right. The number for you to call, 801-575-8255. You can text us, 575 Bill, you're up next.
0: I'm Dave Cauley.
2: Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you. Phone lines are open 801-575-8255. You can text us five seven five zero zero. Let's go to Bill, who is in Bountiful. Good morning, Bill. What is your question?
1: Hey, um, interesting question. My wife would like us to uh, to get a greenhouse good size, like uh, you know maybe twelve by fourteen. For our backyard um and i'm just wondering what kind of sources and things there are uh locally for getting like kits or something of that nature for that kind of thing
3: are you wanting to heat it and ventilate it or are you more just doing something to start plants in
1: seasonally well um I don't think we want to heat it. If you mean like growing things over the winter, I don't think so.
3: Okay. Because Um, there's a distinction. And so that greenhouse becomes a cold frame and becomes a little less expensive. So on what I would recommend locally, I've heard from many gardeners that Harbor Freight sells a greenhouse. They have two of them, two models. And it's the smaller one that seems to be the really sturdy one for the money.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, so there are Yeah, many, that is one of the things I'm concerned about is snow load.
3: Yeah, and um, so you may, even on some of the stronger structures, may need to brush snow off if they're not heated okay. so they don't collapse. Mm-hmm. I did see another one in Costco in Spanish Fork a couple of weeks ago oh. that seemed to be pretty sturdy. It was a wooden model. Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so the other ones, and it's just going to, in many situations, it's going to be what you get, what you pay for. And so online, there's a few greenhouse, um, big greenhouse websites that you can order from. But if you mm-hmm. want a 10 by 12, you're probably going to be several hundred dollars to a couple thousand oh, yeah. dollars for yeah. just a lower end but
1: decent model. Yeah. Right. Okay. And uh, actually, one of our main motivations is to keep the wildlife out of our Ah. tomatoes. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So now you're going to run into problems because it'll get too hot in the summer and you probably Mm -hmm. won't get a lot of fruit. And so if you're trying to keep wildlife out of the tomatoes, you may need to just spend a few hundred dollars and put an eight-foot temporary fence around the garden area. So you can go to farm stores and just get, like, T-posts or 4 by 4s They need to be Mm 8 feet up and just do an inexpensive surround for your garden. And that's going to be more effective at keeping the wildlife out than trying to grow in a cold frame or greenhouse because it gets too hot for them to produce.
1: Interesting. If they are ventilated, does that allow that to stay, you know, more uh more cool so wet,
3: but still too hot, and what you're probably going to have to do if you're going to grow in there is put swamp coolers in it oh, I see. and ventilate okay. it so you have fans on or if you have where the air can escape on one side and swamp cooler mm-hmm. or two on the other so that mm-hmm. you can keep it cooler
1: interesting, okay, so you're making it
3: more okay. and more into a greenhouse to be able to do it,
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Okay. Well, I appreciate the information. You Thank bet. you.
2: Thanks so much for your call today. Our next listener, Ton, says they received peace lily from their mother's funeral eight years ago, healthy and green, but it's never flowered again. How should they fertilize it? How do they get it to reflower?
3: They can be gif- difficult to get to reflower, especially in homes, and it's usually a lack of light. The best I can really tell them is make sure that... It's happy, you know, if it needs to be transplanted, put it into a new pot, fertilize it periodically with just the half-strength houseplant fertilizer or Osmoco and put it off to the side of a south or west window and see if it will flower.
2: Okay. Uh, next person would like to know, do honeyberry plants grow in this area and is spring the best time to plant them? So
3: honeyberry is one of these newer kind of trendy Superfood plants are super nutritious and taste kind of, eh. you know, they're okay. But, you know, I'm, I haven't ever been like, man, I need to sit down to a bowl of honeyberries. Now,
2: they know. sound like they like honeyberries. So yes. So let's not be, you know, dissing honeyberries here.
3: Well, I love honeyberries. You should grow them all the time.
2: <laughs> do they grow in this area? They
3: do fine. Okay. Uh, a lot of garden centers are starting to carry a few varieties and uh, they take a few couple of years to get established but they do just fine
2: spring the best time to plant yes it is
3: that's going to be when it's you're going to be most likely to find them
2: okay um the next listener says thanks for the saturday morning therapy um they're also wondering with all the problems with tomatoes last year what do you recommend
3: well pray a lot get your relationship with your creator in line (laughs) no um Honestly, you
2: always have to just throw in that little jab. It's a joke. Never hurts. It's a joke. Never hurts. Sarcasm. Yes. So,
3: what I'd recommend is just being prepared to maybe replant if something happens soon, like frost. And then I think that gardeners, and I'm being serious here, as we continue to have climate change, and again, we're not assigning blame anywhere, but it is happening. We're supposed to get warmer, but the unseasonable weather events in the spring and fall are supposed to become more common. And so that means more late frosts. Transitioning into hundred degree weather means more early frosts, more freak rainstorms. And so I think as this goes on that we are going to need to prepare a little bit. And so we have a video with Sheridan on low tunnels that we put together for extending the gardening season. And it's on our YouTube channel, and what I would consider doing is getting low tunnels to put the tomatoes in to protect them from frost, keep them warmer, be able to take the plastic off and transition it over to a shade cloth, a 20 or 30% shade, so that if we get into the hundreds, the tomatoes are more likely to produce. But I think that a lot of our gardening is going to need to transition into such things because of the extreme weather we've been seeing.
2: All right. And they want to know, in West Jordan, are determinate or indeterminate tomatoes better?
3: Neither. It just depends on what you're doing. Indeterminate tomatoes get big. You know, they can get six, eight, ten feet tall. And if you don't trellis them, they can get really just big. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our heirlooms are indeterminate. That means they produce, keep producing a few tomatoes on new growth. And so you get fewer tomatoes over a longer period of time to where an indeterminate is something like Celebrity and you get a lot of tomatoes or a period of two or three weeks and then just a few. And so it just depends on your goals. If you're trying to can tomatoes, then it may be better for you to do something like Celebrity or the BHN 1021 because you get a lot of tomatoes fast and you can be done with it. But if you want to, you know the more flavorful tomatoes, different kinds of flavors. You know, you know the cherry tomatoes. Then those are the ter- the indeterminate, and so it just depends on the use and your goals of what you're doing.
2: All right, we need to take a break for the news. Number to call: eight zero one five seven five eight two five five. Phone lines are open. You can text us at five seven five zero zero.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold.